Welcome. It is Monday. You know what that means. It's Monday Football Monday. Thank you for joining us again. I'd like to remind you that this show is presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Agent eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. I am your host today, JP Acosta. They let me back at the wheel, so luckily they think I'm pretty good at this or that I'm not bad enough to mess anything up. Joining me this week, as always, is my co-writer at SB Nation, Mark Schofield. Mark, how are you doing today? I see you have... Another C4, which makes you stronger than Micah Parsons confirmed. I do. I do. Mark Schofield stronger than Micah Parsons confirmed. Although, as we were just talking about, it sounds like he dry scooped it. That's, a, he, that's that, really that, bad. That's, that's a tough – that's hard, especially if you haven't done it before. Like when you just sip in one of the pre-made drinks like I do, like you build it up over time, it's not a big deal. But if you're dry scooping an entire servant of C4 and then taking the field, yeah, your heart's going to feel like it's a – about to explode out of your chest and you're going to believe like, yeah, I am never doing that again. But Micah, if you're out there listening, we know you are just get the pre-mixed stuff. You can get some great flavors. This is orange slice. I've got a, uh, a frozen bombsicle just out of reach, just in case I need number three, but I won't. Um, and you'll be good to go. The pre-mixed stuff is perfect for you. They even have Starburst flavored, the pink flavored Starburst. That's a good one. Uh, Skittles flavored. So yeah, Micah, if you're listening and we know you are the dry scoop, it's a tough look. It's hard. It, it's hard to do that. Yeah, dry scooping is not the move this week, this time, because it immediately sets you off. Like, I, I don't dry scoop pre-workout, and pre-workout basically has the same effects. Like, that, that's going to send your body to the astral realm like Dr. Strange. Yeah. But we're not here necessarily to talk about pre-workout and C4 energy drinks. I'm not I mean, Although, if, if anybody who's willing from one of those companies is yeah, you would like to sponsor us, like, C4, hey, sure. Celsius, big yeah. Celsius fan right here. Yeah. Got, got a little Celsius right here. Oh, there we okay. go. Watermelon. Wait, what flavor is that? Ooh. Watermelon. Yeah, that's a good one. That's big a good Celsius one. fans in this household. But we're here to talk some football. It was a very, it felt kind of uneventful. Like we thought, oh, this week was going to be very kind of blase until Monday, of course. But Week's games turned out to be really, really fun. You know, um, we're going to start off in Green Bay, where the Green Bay Packers come from behind to take down the Los Angeles Chargers in what feels like the same Chargers game we've seen for like a decade. It doesn't matter who's coaching, who's playing, who's the GM. This is the same Chargers thing. Mark, my question for you is. Is this finally the breaking point for Brandon Staley? It feels like it. And it felt like it was just watching his post-game presser. Like, you know, you he often hear the phrase in sports, like embattled GM, embattled head coach. That is an embattled head coach right now. Like he was having to defend his defensive play calling, having to defend his entire tenure as a head coach. Basically came out and said, like, stop asking. Almost like the Nick Saban, you know, stop asking clip. But you're not Nick Saban. You're Brandon Staley, who now is, I think, I think 23 and 21 as a head coach. And let's not forget, this is coming off, as you know, you were there for this game, the 27-point loss in the wildcard round, which at the time felt like that might have been the straw that broke the camel's back for his tenure. Now, yes, look, Keenan Allen had a bad draw. 
Uh, like game probably looks a little different if he catches that ball, hit him right between the one and the three. Quinton Johnson had a bad drop. Mm. I mean, that wasn't just get yourself in, you know, game winning field goal attempt range. That was potentially the game winning touchdown. And it went through his hands. Like Justin Herbert, like played a good game and had some incredible throws in this game. But like you said, since the Phillip Rivers days, it feels like every Chargers game comes down to a one possession drive. They have a chance to win the game and their offense doesn't do it. And they were let down by a bunch of reasons. But it feels like this, you know, forget the division. The playoffs are slipping away from them. It feels like it's spiraling out of control. And I just wonder how much longer this goes on. Yeah, at this point in the year, the Chargers are last in the AFC West. And I think my biggest thing for the Chargers is they make the same defensive mistakes every week. It's the same pass interference penalty. It's the same missed run fit. It's the same just inconsistencies on defense for a team with a defensive guy at head coach. It's not just like coverage breakdowns. It's these guys aren't disciplined. The amount of penalties that happen on that side of the ball, that's a reflection of coaching. Yeah. So if you can't even get that side of the ball right, what are what are you here yeah, for? And, and that's one of the things he talked about in this post-game presser. He was saying that, like, look, you know, we have these coaching points and we tell them every week, like, these are the rules. These are how things are going to be called. We show them film. And then he said the message is getting through. And it's like, is it? Because if you're continually seeing these mistakes and these penalties that are just back-breaking miscues on the defensive side of the ball, I'm not quite sure the message is getting through. And it's not the people receiving the message at that point. It's the messenger. Yeah, and it's rough. It's really rough. I think we put the Chargers in the slow cooker earlier this year. I mean, is it deep fryer time? Like, it's Thanksgiving week. It might be time to take him out. Like, it's that moment where, like, look, you said dinner was going to start at 6.30, but it's, like, 6.15, and it's not still done. And you're like, let's just fire it in the the deep fryer. And it all goes haywire, and the house burns down. It's that kind of moment. It's deep fryer time, for sure. Like, this is is gut check time for, like we said, a Chargers team that was supposed to be another playoff contending team. But now, throw the playoffs out the window. Like, you just need to get to 500 again. But – from the Packers' perspective, Jordan Love played well. Uh, you had some receivers step up in big moments. Touchdown to Romeo Dobbs was a beautiful throwing catch. Uh, Dobbs actually went up and caught the ball with both hands this week. Um, he's, he makes some throws. Jordan Love makes some throws where you're like, okay, I remember this guy was a first-round pick for a reason. There are some times like in between like the, the middle eight where it's like, oh, I remember why this guy didn't start for four years. But it's – you see it. Like, I want to see it, right? Like, yeah. it's just that glimmer. And look, we got a long way to go before the draft. But right now, they're at nine. That's probably out of Caleb Williams, Drake May territory. Although the Caleb Williams discussion has taken a very interesting turn over the past couple of weeks. We could just say that. So you're probably out of reach in one of those guys. You, you might be in range for QB3, Jaden Daniels, perhaps. Make it a little push for QB3 here. But maybe they've seen enough. You know, maybe they've seen enough where they're like, we can buy it. Now they got an interesting game this week, you know, at Detroit, which will be fun to watch. Jaden Reed, too. I mean, we just put up his numbers. They're finding ways to get him involved. He had three rushing attempts, had a 32-yard rushing touchdown. You know, they're finding ways to get players involved, which I think is interesting. The Jordan Love thing will be fascinating. But I, I kind of feel like there might be enough where they're comfortable. Maybe not in the first round going QB, 
maybe they go tackle. I mean, look, you get all from Notre Dame, you get the Penn State tackle, like you'll probably be able to grab one of those guys at nine potentially, and then maybe go day two, day three QB just as a hedge. So in the mock that I released today, um, I actually had them taking Keon Coleman from Florida Ooh. State, which mainly because all in Fashan and Olufashanu for Penn State were taken. I do think the Cardinals that with the second pick in the draft, they're in a very good spot to trade down because if they're serious about building around Kyler Murray, you can trade down and take Keon Coleman later if a team like a quarterback hungry team wants to trade up. But you get a guy like Keon Coleman who is a bona fide like alpha receiver outside with the ability to go up and get the ball. You could talk me into a group of Keon Coleman, Christian Watson, Dontavion Wicks, Jaden Reed, building around that young quarterback. It does suck that Aaron Jones got hurt. Looks like a knee yeah. injury. I brutal, brutal for the Packers, brutal for Aaron Jones, who was basically their entire offense for most of the season. But Chargers, it's looking deep fryer time. It's looking a little cooked. Yep. But we're going to move on to actually one of the teams that you mentioned uh, that they're that the Packers are playing on Thanksgiving. That's Detroit Lions. Scraping by, you know, we say it all the time. When you're clunkers, this was a little bit of a clunker, but they got past it. Taking down Chicago Bears 31-26. The Lions turned the ball over, I believe, four times and somehow still managed to win the game. Like that's, again, when you're clunkers. And that's what Detroit did on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like I feel like the theme of this week or maybe the season is the good teams win their clunkers. Detroit won their clunker yesterday. Houston won their clunker as well. You know, your QB throws three picks. You turn the ball over four times. As a Russian offense, you almost get outgained by Justin Fields. At one point, it was, I think, 84 to 103, Justin Fields versus Detroit. Detroit had some yardage at the end of the game that sort of saw them go past Justin Fields' rushing yards. But those kind of numbers, you're thinking you're going to lose that game, and you find a way to win. Like, that's an impressive thing. They're 8-2. and two. Last time they were 8-2, and two, John F. Kennedy Jr. was president. Like, that's a long time. And and so yeah, they they are a good team. They've arrived. They're finding ways to win their clunkers. I'm excited to see them on you know Thanksgiving Day. And the other thing is this: out of their final seven games, they'll probably be the favorite in six of them. Like the only game I think they won't be will be that Dallas game on December 30th, which right now that looks like it could be a certainly fascinating game, depending on how Dallas fares the rest of the way. So, you know, not an impressive win in a sense, but. They won their clunker, which is good. As for Chicago, what did they do with Justin Fields? Because he looked good coming back. But, like, if you're going to have two picks in the top four, what do you do? So, again, referencing the mock that I did today, they have the first pick and I believe the fourth. Yeah, fourth I think pick. it's fourth first right now. Fourth. Yeah, First and fourth. I gave them Marvin Harrison Jr. and Joel All because yeah. I think – Justin Fields looked good. Like, yeah. I think this was the perfect game for Bears fans. Justin Fields looked good. There was the talent, the skill positions looked good. You lost the game yep. because of coaching. That's the per the perfect combo right there. I'm sure Ryan Poles has area a phone number with the area code in Ann Arbor on speed dial. I'm pretty sure he's ready to make that call whenever the season's ready. Uh, season's over, but. I do think for Detroit, what I'm cautiously like looking at, like I'm not sure if it's like a red alert yet, but something I'm keeping my eye on. They 
tend to struggle against mobile quarterbacks. They tend to struggle with that plus one run game. You remember what they did against Baltimore, and you see what Justin Fields did to this team on the ground. I just worry because you're going to have to go through a team like Philadelphia if you want to make the Super Bowl, and that that team's got a guy who can basically be a plus one in the run game. So Detroit, again, find a way to win. They found a way to win. I do. I think David Montgomery was a really great pickup for them because as much as we love Jameer Gibbs and what Jameer Gibbs brings, David Montgomery is the tough runner they need between the tackles in the red zone. It makes them more efficient. And you can tell they know like they want to be more efficient in the red zone when it's like you only need two yards. Right. You you need a guy who's going to go forward. And that's what David Montgomery does. Um Still worried about defense. Like I said, I'm worried about another secondary pass rusher opposite Aiden Hutchinson. Linebackers have been kind of hit and miss, but this is a win for both teams, despite the Bears losing. You know, like you can blame this on Matt Eberflus and the coaching and move on at the end of the year. But I think Justin Fields gets an, I think he gets another year. I think he gets year three because yeah. worst comes to worst, doesn't look good. You have the talent in Joe Alt. You have Marvin Harrison Jr. Perhaps you got Montez Sweat under a big deal. Now you move on if, just, if Justin Fields isn't working out. But you give him another year. Yeah, I think that's right. Last point on the lines for me. Nate Tice said this on the Athletic Show last night. Since Week Seven, their defense thirty-first in success rate, thirty-second in EPA per play. The defense has some things to sort of sort out. Now schedule is favorable, so you're going to get some opportunities to go against up against teams well, you'll probably be able to sort things out defensively. But you start thinking about if the playoffs happen right now, they get Minnesota in the first round, which could be a sneaky tough game for them. That run game looked pretty good. And then you're probably getting San Francisco. Like, that's tough. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. It's a good luck game. Yeah. Speaking of good luck, <laughs> Tommy DeVito. Like, good luck. Like, I, I don't know, man. The Commanders lose to the New York Giants 31-19. Tommy DeVito threw a couple touchdowns. Three touchdowns. And hit us with the perfect celebration. Like, you know, shout out to the Big big Ragu. Oh, my goodness. That was perfect. I I don't know, man. I don't think it was sustainable. But I'm more just like, hey, good job, man. Yeah, there, there were a couple of throws in there where I'm like, oh, wow, like that's a that's a good throw. The wheel route touchdown to Saquon Barkley, really good throw. Like I was like, wow, that's that's a big boy throw. But man, it is it's rough for commanders because you just you knew that this was going to happen once you traded the once you traded the stars on the pass rush line, but sacking a quarterback nine times a backup quarterback who just played horrendously in multiple games and you lose because you turned the ball over six times. That's not good. That's not good at all. I mean, DeVito gets sacked nine times. Like that's a outrageous number. Um, But yeah, yeah. You turn it over six times. Giants get 24 points off of those turnovers. Sam Howell, I think this game was a big step back for him. I mean, because he had been playing well. I mean, we were talking past couple of weeks, like, Hey, they probably don't have to force QB here. They've got something in hell. That took a big hit. 
their showers didn't work at FedEx Field after the game. I mean, <laughs> you lose a game like this, you get dunked on by Tommy DeVito with the pinch finger celebration. You can't even go take a shower after it. So, I mean, yet more evidence into the, you know, FedEx Field is one of the worst stadiums in the league file. Rob Rivera is absolutely on the hot seat at this point. I can't imagine he's coming back next year. Magic's tweet tells it all. I mean, he was just perplexed as we all were. Bad scenes for the commanders. Giants, fun little win for Tommy DeVito. And look, props to Saquon Barkley, who basically like play, not only played well in this game, but has been saying for the past couple of weeks now, we've got this guy's back. Like he's our starting quarterback now. We're going to rally for him. And he stepped up. So nice win for the Giants. Probably would cost you, you know, some drafts position right now. But that huge Patriots-Giants game in a couple of weeks looms large in, say, the Caleb Williams-Drake May discussion, you know. Nice win for them. Nice win for them. Yeah, this is a game ball moment. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, Tommy DeVito gets this ball. Look, when Tommy DeVito has Tommy DeVito's pizza and subs in like 10 years from now, the ball from this game is going to be right behind the counter. It's going to be oh, great. No, that's that's, that's going to stay at the mama house. Those, <laughs> type, yeah. those type of awards stay at the mom's house. My mom still has both of my degrees. I haven't seen those since I got them. My mom still has those. Oh, there you go. But I think this was a game ball game. But like you said, Patriots-Giants looms large. I had both of them taking quarterbacks. I had the Patriots taking Drake May and then the Giants taking Caleb Williams. It could be flipped, depending on the result of that game. But huge game for the uh, the QB needy teams in the NFL. But little concern about – not a little concern, a whole lot concerned about commanders' sustainability. Sam yeah. Howell, this was a – like you, this is a Sam Howell game. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna do this. Like he's gonna throw some cool touchdowns, but he's also gonna throw some really bad interceptions. That pick six was just brutal. When you throw the ball as much as the Commanders do and don't have any semblance of a run game, you're just giving him more swings at the bat. He yeah. is he is Russian roulette at quarterback. He is like sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe not so good. Yeah, yeah. Like this, it might it might not work, but. It's gonna look fun while you do it. Like he is, <laughs> he's Gen Z Jameis Winston. I think that's what, I think that's what I've landed on. I love that. He's Gen Z Jameis Winston. It, yeah. it might not always look look good, but it's gonna be fun regardless. Yeah, like, you're gonna to want to be along for the ride. Yeah, but speaking of concern, are you a little concerned about the Dolphins? They managed to scrape by Las Vegas twenty to thirteen, but it wasn't very comfortable. I think the defense is playing really well, but the offense now is kind of – it's kind of flipped. So the offense was flying through the first few weeks of the season. Defense was struggling to catch up, but now it's flipped. So the defense is now here, but the offense is now taking a really large step back. Yeah, I don't know where I come down on this game. If I come down on the side of like, okay, I'm a little bit worried about Miami or, hey, maybe Antonio Pierce has something here. Like, I feel like Pierce is doing a good job with this team. The vibes certainly feel different in Las Vegas. Like, to keep this – to have a shot to win this game at the end, I thought spoke volumes about what they've done in the past couple of weeks since firing McDaniels. I think that defense played really well. Hobbs played really well. There was a stop on the fourth down play early in the game where they tried a little smoke screen to Tyreek Hill, and he blew it up. He ripped it out later, you know, and forced a turnover as well with a little peanut punch action. You know, they obviously need to figure out quarterback. Aiden O'Connell, eh, I'm not too sure about him, but I think the defense is playing well. For Miami, you know, that that fourth down screen, I think, is a great example of one of the concerns they had with this team after last year, right? When they got off to the flying start, 
but then defenses started to figure out what they were doing, what they wanted to do, certainly and got to have it moments like that fourth down play yesterday. They were sitting on it. They they knew what was coming. They saw the sort of alignment. They saw the short motion. They knew the screen was coming. Can McDaniel figure out some of the counter punches down the stretch here? I'm curious to see that. And as we were talking in the slack, like, you know, Raiders were 500. And it seemed like, here we go again. Dolphins are playing a team that's 500 or better, and they're struggling to find a way to win. Now they got the win. It was great. Now they get a play on Friday, Black Friday, maybe against Tim Boyle. Maybe against Zach Wilson, I guess we'll see. But I, I'm more on the lines of, hey, the Raiders might be figuring things out that I am say worried about the Dolphins. But I could see why people might be worried about the Dolphins. So a point that you said on the gotta have it moments in third and fourth and short, um, FT and Fancy over Airshots, who does great work DVOA, they have an adjusted line yard stat called power success rate, which means runs on third and fourth or two and two or less that result in either a first down or a touchdown. The Dolphins are 31st in the league in that metric. They don't have they don't have that short yardage ability, which hurt them last year. They don't have that. They can't get that in gotta have in moments. And when you get down to playoff time, you're going to need that. You're going to need to be able to get those short yardage, like gotta have in moments, because that's really what's going to ultimately flip games in the fourth quarter and. Third quarter and late in and, and and you talked about this back in August about Miami. You basically said, look, the thing they have to figure out this year is third and fourth short yardage situations. Can you get a first down on the ground? Because yeah, putting up 70 on the Broncos in September is great. What about like fourth and two, say, you know, in in Cleveland right now, or you know, in Buffalo in, in the dead of the winter? Like, what's it gonna look like that? I mean, even we could look at this year, fourth and two against Dallas. We're going to yeah. figure out real quick, fourth and two against the Jets defensive line. We're going to figure out on Friday. But yeah, I'm a little concerned, but I also think like two or three for 325 yards. Tyreek Hill had 146 yards. The touchdown he had was just like absurd. There are four people in that little two yard radius that Tyreek Hill is in. And he outruns every angle and scores a touchdown. Yeah. That is speed unlike anything we have seen in the NFL. Like, that's just absurd. They also had a really cool touchdown where it looked like a Texas route. Right. Back, but it was like a screen. So they had the uh, center and the right guard kind of pull out like a screen. And then he just, the running back kind of just runs a little Texas route, a little angle route behind it. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was a great design. The, the mantras win your clunkers. And yep. this is a clunker that they won. They won it. Taylor Ramsey, two interceptions. Looks like he's back. That defense looks good. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna figure out later in the season. Like this might be a hey, we're we're gonna start just, finding out. Like just put a pin in this one, right? Yeah, we'll we'll come back to this one later, like depending on some major events that happen throughout the rest of the season. Do we want to talk about Pittsburgh and Cleveland? This felt I think like we have to. This felt I think like we have to. This felt like the Battle of Stalingrad a little yeah. bit. Yeah, this um, this was like we're done. Like like this was World War One in the trenches, baby. This was a hundred years war where everybody's just shooting blanks at each other, but it's just trench warfare. The Steelers lose thirteen to ten in what feels like once again another watershed moment for Kenny Pickett and the Bears offense. Uh, ben Solak does great work at the ringer. Has a cut up of every throw that Kenny Pickett took that went past the sticks. Um, it was 44 seconds, and the first pass took place with 11 minutes in the second quarter. 
that's not sustainable. That's not sustainable. Not. Like you cannot win football games consistently when you have a quarterback that you don't trust and an offense that you cannot trust. Like that's just it's just not gonna happen. But the the following five quarterbacks have all thrown six touchdown passes this year. Zach Wilson, Desmond Ritter, Will Levis, Tommy DeVito, and Kenny Pickett. Like that is a stunning list to me. Like Kenny Pickett being on this list. And that I think that sort of speaks volumes because Zach Wilson's probably going to get benched. Desmond Ritter already got benched. Now he's back. Will Levis just got the job. DeVito just got the job. Kenny Pickett's been QB one since day one this season. Like, yeah, it's, it's really bad. And it feels like the skill position players on that team are getting fed up. Like I mean, is- look, Najee Harris had the comments in the locker room, like went off for like three minutes about what's going on. Deontay Johnson responded to a tweet somebody I'd never seen before was like breaking down a play and was like saying that he ran the wrong route. He's like, no, no, sir. I ran the route as called. Wasn't on me. Like, yeah, like you said, the skill players are starting to get a little chirpy, and that's never a good sign for an offense. Yeah, this, this has got to end. Whatever happens with the Steelers at the end of this year, this the Matt Canada experiment has to end. The Kenny Pickett experiment has to end because this is unsustainable. This is an unsustainable way of winning, especially when your defense gives you as much as they did. But you ultimately you you give up thirteen points, you should win a football game. But for the for the Browns, the beat goes on. Yep. You know this is this is their mantra for the rest of the year. Like we, if we give up ten points, seven we'll points, thirteen, we're in. Yeah, we got a chance. We just need we need to get to double digits offensively. That's it. Miles Garrett, defense player of the year. Are, wait, go ahead and, are we beyond that? Are we reaching? ESPN wrote this last week. Are we reaching MVP territory with Miles Garrett? It's such yes, a it's weird good. year. It's been a very long time since a defensive player won it. It's only happened twice. I mean, if they get into the playoffs and it's winning 13, 10, 10, 7. This He's got to get at least some votes, right? This is an MVP level year for Miles yeah. Garrett. This has to be the year for him to win this award. Like he is, he's phenomenal. Like the sack that he had on Kenny Pickett in the first quarter, he just flies past everybody. Yeah. Like that's, he's a 275 pound speed rusher, which yeah. doesn't make sense at all. Nope. But you know, like the Browns defense can do this to teams. They can force you into the muck. They can get you down to this moment. And for the Browns, all you gotta do is get the double digits offensively. Yep. If you get the double digit points, you're you got a good chance of winning, which you really can't say for a lot of teams. But no, you can't say that about Pittsburgh. I mean, that you mean, can't say that about Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's it's really bad. Like I don't know if it's like I hate to say like slow. I think it's slow cooker, but for Pittsburgh, like one is, yeah, I feel like it's past the point of slow cooker. Like. We're at like deep fryer, but we really can't put them deep fryer because they're six it's, and four. Yeah, it's okay. I feel like they're like, okay, you took it out of the slow cooker, but you're gonna microwave it for like 10 seconds. Like you're not quite into deep fryer territory, but there's like a, there's gotta be like an in-between stage between the two, right? Yeah, this feels like you went to the store and bought a pre-made turkey, and it's like, hey, it's not what well, it's not what we expected, but you know. It is what it is, so we'll make the most of it and patch it together somehow. Yeah. Yeah, We'll we'll dump some TJ Watt on there. Yeah. Figure it out. But it's looking, it's really bad. Like it, no matter what happens at the end of the season, 
it has to change. What the offensive brain trust has to change. And I hope Mike Tomlin does not fall in the same loop that he has for the past few years of running it back with this brain trust because it's just not working. No, it's not. You need something more creative than this. Next game we're going to talk about. Uh, a reminder, we do have skips. We do have. And I think Rachel should get to use RJs too. So we've Rachel got four. Use we've RJs, got four. Um, because RJ isn't here. So we don't have to talk about the Cowboys thrashing the Carolina Panthers 33 to 10. I feel like this is a, like. All right, fine. I'll use mine. I'll use mine. Mark uses fast forward on the Cowboys and Panthers. Uh, one sentence, if you may. Dak's playing extremely well right now. Yep. Uh, my my sentence was: There's not a seam route in the world Dak Prescott won't throw. That first he, touchdown. Oh my he goodness! All those seam routes. Yeah, that was a, he mean, is they, a beautiful seam. They route. could build the entire offense out of seam. Build the boat out of seam routes yep. with Jake Ferguson and CD Lamb. Yep. It. Like it's just hey, we're gonna run the ball a little bit, we're gonna throw some slants, steam route in the red zone. They love the red zone steam route, and it works, you know. Yeah. Hey, the beat goes on. But next game we're gonna talk about in the early slate. The Texans again win the clunker. Win the clunker take down the Arizona Cardinals 21 to 16. TJ Stroud throwing for 336 yards, Devin Singletary going for 112 on the ground. And a huge Tank Dell performance. This felt like the proof of concept, once again, for the drafting and the building of this team with all the instant impact guys. Because Tank Dell, we, I saw him in Mobile. He only practiced for like one day. But you could tell, like, this dude had the goods. And you're seeing it now. I think there's a story, like, before the season, like, C.J. Stroud, like, during the draft, went up to the Texans, like, I want this guy. Yeah. Like, get, get me Tank Dell, and you can tell they have an instant connection. Yeah, and I remember waiting for my flight out of Indy, and Tank Dell comes and sits two seats down from me. And I remember sitting, looking at him, I'm like, you cannot draft an NFL player that is smaller than me. I take that all <laughs> back. You absolutely can draft an NFL player who was smaller than me. What it's Tank Dell, because he's different. Like, the proof of concept is absolutely there. And the chemistry is absolutely there. And that sort of scramble drill touchdown from Stroud in this game, like that is probably everything that we wondered about when they drafted these two players. Can Stroud extend, be athletic, and make a play like that? And can Dell separate at the top of a route when needed to? And you saw it on that touchdown. And, you know, with respect to, you know, Wood in the clunker, Stroud, they, they get the turnover late. Arizona has a chance to win. Defense picks them up. What's happening in Houston right now, I think, is pretty special. And RJ, who's watching, we know he's a little under the weather today. He called it. Like, he absolutely called it. Like, the Texans are for real. Yeah, they might not win the division because the Jags looked pretty good yesterday. But they're in the playoffs right now. And I think they're going to stay there. A very favorable schedule. As for Arizona, look, Kyler's fun. Kyler's absolutely fun. Played extremely well yesterday. Certainly is as athletic as ever. Like, I, I think you, you know, like you said, they're going to be in a very good position where they could feel comfortable about Kyler and then whatever, whether it's Auburn Harrison Jr. or somebody else, like they can add pieces around him and be in a very good position next year. Yeah. And I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's worth reminding people that Jonathan Gannon did spend a year in Philly and you know what they had in Philly? Two bookend tackles. Yep. Uh, Paris Johnson had a rough game though. 
And he was lined up against Will Anderson. Next gen stats matches, uh, tracks those matchups. Will Anderson generated seven pressures and a sack across 24 matchups against Paris Johnson. Again, proof of concept with this yep. draft. Will Anderson's really, really good. I know people are going to look at the sack numbers and be like, oh, he's not getting a lot of sacks. Don't do this. He is top 10. He leads all, he leads all rookies in pressures by far. He is among the top pressure, pressure rate winners, like pass rush winners in the NFL, like in yeah. general. And he's getting doubled and he's opening up th things for other guys on that defense. That is a bona fide franchise cornerstone. So the Texans have both of those. And like I said, Kyler's fun. You, yeah. you have fun, you lose the game, you're still in position. That's yeah. that's the MO. For the, the only thing that sort of because we all thought, look, they've got their pick and the Houston's for Houston, Texas first round pick. Like they might have picks one and two in the draft. Well, the way the Texans are playing, like that pick right now is 21, but you've still got picks two and 21 in the first round, and then a pick at 34, a pick at 66, pick at 70. Like right now, they've got six picks in the top 86. That's a massive injection of talent that Arizona has at their disposal next year. And they can still trade back. Like I said yeah. in the mock draft I did today, they had I had them taken for Sean, who's second overall, but you don't have to sit there if you don't right. want to. If you if you desperately want to get a receiver, you can trade back. You know? I mean, the, the mock that you did is the dream scenario for Arizona, right? Like if Chicago goes Marvin Harrison Jr. at one, and it's Caleb versus Drake sitting there at two and you're on the clock. That's trade back move. Yeah, that's you absolutely. You're going to get a whole bunch of calls from teams like, you know, maybe the Giants wanting to get up ahead or maybe to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, whoever they have first. Maybe the Raiders, you know, trading up for that quarterback. Maybe the Vikings, you know, you're you're in prime position to maybe the Patriots coming up for a safety from Vanderbilt because they want to just make sure they get them. Oh, no, they're going to go uh, Joe Alt. Yeah. I mean, you said that it is, you said that this weekend. It's absolutely yeah, perfect. That's exactly what's going to happen. But um Maybe they can trade for Daniel Jones. You know, don't speak that into the <laughs> universe, my friend. My goodness. But with the Texans, big game next week. This is this is basically the division yep. against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who handled business. This yep. was a workmanlike victory, um, taking out the Tennessee Titans 34 to 14. Um, biggest thing for this game, Zay Jones means a lot to this offense. Zay Jones absolutely is. He might not be the best receiver on the team, but he's the most important because of his speed, because of what he brings on the outside. You allow Calvin Ridley to kind of operate in the mid-range area. Calvin Ridley had one of his best games in the Jaguar. I think seven catches, 103 yards, two touchdowns. The offense looked so much better. And you have Zay Jones on the field. You open everything up a little bit more. You're still inconsistent along, along the offensive line up front. You know, like that's, of course, you're playing the Titans defensive front. Gonna cause a lot of problems. Jeffrey Simmons tattooed Travis Etienne, and that was really bad. But Trevor Lawrence is still very good at football. I think we took the the quote that Nick Bosa had last week. We're like, yeah, if you force him off his read, uh, you can win the game. But that's what def every defense wants to do to every quarterback: force them off their first read and force them to hold on to the ball longer. Like that's not that's not revolutionary. Every every defense on earth since the invention of football has wanted to do that. So, and, and what I kind of liked about this game from Jacksonville, they used Lawrence's legs a bit. Like he had the two touchdown runs, and you know, for everything that's been said and been written about Lawrence and you know generational prospect and all that kind of stuff, I think we sometimes lose sight of how athletic he is too. 
Like he's a very athletic quarterback and using his legs a bit, even in bits and spurts, you don't want to run him a ton. It just gives this offense yet one more dimension. It gives defenses yet one more thing to think about. And I love seeing it on design concepts here and there, the two touchdown runs. I think that's a very nice thing to add into this offense from Press Taylor. Yeah. And I think adding that, not only just having that option, but on third and short, fourth and short, the Jaguars have been really bad in those short yardage area situations. You talk about the Dolphins, who are 31st in power success rate. The Jaguars are tied for 27th. Like they cannot get those first downs and touchdowns in the short areas. So why not use your six six quarterback and move the ball a little bit? It's not like you're gonna tush push him. Like they right. they're not good at the tush push. They've tried this before and it doesn't work. But on those read option plays, let Trevor keep it. You know, sure. like the same guy who in the national title game ran for a 65 yard touchdown. Like this is yeah. the same dude. But again, beat goes on. This is still a really, really good team. This is still one of the best teams in the AFC, but this is a it's a benchmark moment next week. Like you got you got to win this one because if you can win this one, you take control of the division. You've already you've already swept the Colts. You split against the Texans. You have the division in the hand. You you basically are winning the division. Um, Tennessee, look, man, it's it is what it is. It is what it is, man. Nashville's a fun town. I don't know. I mean, look, I I don't know what to say. I mean, is Vrabel seriously in the hot seat? Like. That feels wrong, but like I don't know. It feels wrong, but also this front office didn't pick Mike Vrabel as their head. I coach. mean, the other thing to keep in mind is this: if Ryan Day loses on Saturday, oh boy, people are gonna want Mike Vrabel let's, coming home. Let's talk, like oh boy, if, yeah, right. If Ryan Day loses to Michigan again and risks the threat of being John Cooper, for those who don't know, John Cooper was the head coach at Ohio State. I think early 2000s, turn of the yep. century, um, was a really good coach, but could not beat good Michigan leadership. and got fired because he could not beat Michigan. They fire Ryan Day because he can't beat Michigan and you can't beat Jim Harbaugh. Like, even with the cheating stuff, the first call they're going to make is the, is the Mike Vrabel. Like, that's for sure. Um, I don't know, man. They, they just need talent. They need an infusion of talent. Um, John Shipley writes for SI Jaguars, great writer. Great writer. Um, since the AJ Brown trade, Traylon Burks has one touchdown. Jeffrey Simmons has one touchdown in the same time period. That says it all. <laughs> I I had him uh, in the mock this in the mock today. I had him taking Brock Bowers, just because you need talent. You need talent. You need yeah. someone for them to throw the ball to. And getting Chigo Conquo and Brock Bowers on the field at the same time could be fun. Could be fun. You just need you just need talent on that side of the ball. It's very clear, like they don't have enough at that position. No, they don't. And I mean, it's not like they have a ton of draft capital either. I mean, right now they get picks at six, thirty-eight, and one hundred six. Like two picks in the top hundred. Do you trade down? Like, like if you're at six and there's a QB on the board that somebody wants, like trade down, get more picks, maybe. Because yeah, you just need to throw bodies at this problem yeah but it's it's gonna be it's tough for the the titans i don't know if it's slow cooker because they are last in the division but you know just be looking out for draft prospects yeah yeah it's time to start scouting yeah it's time to start tuning into college football a little more luckily you know biggest week of the year biggest week of the year is this weekend you're gonna be home with family like watch some games Turn on some Marvin Harrison Jr. tape. Yeah. yeah. Maybe watch some Georgia, some Brock Bowers. Get get excited 
you know, but give yourself something to look forward to. Speaking of something to look forward to, the Bills. <laughs> they they had the uh Oh, there we go. <laughs> Whoa! I didn't. I didn't think we'd use it on this Excel one. From the top rope. Wow! Fast forwarding the Bills and Jets. The Bills handle business, thirty-two to six. Um, yeah. Uh, my sentence for this one is: the post, <laughs> the post-firing bump is undefeated because the Bills looked great after firing Ken Dorsey. I don't know how sustainable that is, but. The post-firing bump will never lose. I think my one sentence is Tim Boyle time. Like, Tim Boyle versus Tua on Black Friday. That's the matchup that Amazon wanted. They thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers versus Tua. They're getting Tim Boyle versus Tua. I think it's really time to start asking, like, is this Jets offense the worst offense we have seen in modern in like modern they went 41 drives without an offensive touchdown 211 offensive plays without a touchdown almost 200 game time minutes between touchdowns like to answer your question yes like it 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 can't get much it can't get much better Uh, yeah um it's and it's not that you just can't get much better but it can absolutely get so much worse because it's not just like playing the Dolphins. It's a it's an island game against the Dolphins. Like you you have the you run the threat of getting blown out and everybody's watching. Yeah, I mean game. Amazon's burning out the stones, a little painted black for Black Friday. They got the special music for it. Like they're trying to make this an event. Like everybody's right. gonna be home on the couch. You know, kind of relax it after Thanksgiving, doing some shopping. That's what Amazon wanted, and they're gonna get to see Tim Boyle. Oh boy. Um, speaking of interesting but also kind of bad quarterback matchups, the Jets have one more primetime game after the uh Black oh, Friday. Gosh. Week 17, oh, December 28th, they go to Cleveland. Oh boy. We're gonna get Joe Flacco at that point. Flacco, a day like three days after. Get a Joe Flacco revenge game against the Jets. Oh my (laughs) God, Joe Flacco revenge game. This is the, this is the watershed moment for the NFL. Like this is, if you're Roger Goodell watching this game, you got to make a call. You got to tell somebody at the college level, hey, y'all need to start giving us some more quarterbacks. Where, where are all them Trevor Lawrence's? Where are all them CJ Strouds? Give us some more of those. Can we? Can we kind of just sim to end and get Caleb Williams and Drake May on some teams now? Can we can we like fast forward this? I know USC is not gonna meet Caleb Williams. They're they're they basically quiet yeah. quit. Lincoln Riley's yeah. quiet quit. They're, nothing matters for them anymore. Just you know, let, let Caleb Williams. What is happening at USC? Oh, they've, they've absolutely they is Lincoln Riley like what what does he want to go to AM next? Like what is happening? He is he is moving maybe like 25 minutes north oh you think you just go down yeah hey man brandis daily keeps losing like this that's true you you don't you not only have like lincoln riley to worry about you got Littlefinger on the staff oh, uh, kellen moore, kellen moore. Yeah. he's he's gonna try and usurp you like this there's gonna be a little uh mutiny or like scar tossing mufasa <laughs> off the cliff <laughs> You know, like Brandon Daly need to watch his back, but 
Yeah, it's it's gonna get bad before it gets good for the Jets. Um, but the Bills, you know, congrats. Like you you solved the the post coordinator firing yeah. bump. Schedule was but, still uh, tough. Speaking though. of yeah, schedule's still really bad. Don't don't get too excited yet. Um speaking of getting bad before it gets good, the Seahawks fall to the Los Angeles Rams 17-16. But the big news here is Geno Smith hurting his right elbow. And on that final drive, it looked very clear that that ball was not coming out the same zip. Ball was flat. He has not played great over the past stretch of games. And now you get a short week to play the 49ers on Sunday night football. Or not Sunday night football, Thursday, Thursday Thanksgiving. And then the next week you have to play Dallas. This is a rough. This is a rough time for your starting quarterback to have an elbow it injury. Very, I I, I kind of call this game the so you want to play quarterback game, because Geno got lit up by Aaron Donald, and we saw like like he's got the ice pack on this on the elbow. He comes in for that final drive, rips the first throw. I was like, oh okay, this is great. Second one was like a punt, like it was just wobbly. And you could clear, like you said, zip wasn't there. And Stafford got absolutely like Goldberg speared at one point. I didn't think he was going to come back. I mean, I was watching on the couch. I'm like, that hurt me. But he came back the game. So, yeah, you, you're watching football and you're like, man, I'd like to be able to play quarterback. No, no. This this is a game where you're reminded, like, this is a tough position to play. Um, I don't know if we go slow Kirker for the Seahawks, given this injury. But we might, we I think we, like, pull it out of the cabinet and put it on the counter for them. Because if 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 Gino's look if if that second throw on that final drive is what we're going to get from Gino on Thursday night, and then you got that game against Dallas, then it might be slow Kirker time for them. Because you cannot you cannot lose both of those games. The Cowboys game is massive yeah. because after losing to the Rams on Sunday, they now no longer have control of the NFC West. When you go to play San Francisco, you're probably going to lose that game. You need to beat Dallas just to stay away. From San Francisco, you need to you need to beat Dallas so you can get the NFC South winner. Beat Dallas so you can play the Falcons or something or the Saints who are winning the division right now. Just win. You just need to win that game. But I don't know if you win that one with Drew Locke or Geno Smith less than 100. percent And even when Geno's 100, percent the offense has and, and their great. next four, their next four. You know, San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco, Philadelphia. That is a brutal like, stretch. Really. Of the season, San Francisco twice, and then the top two yeah. teams from the NFC East. That is, it's rough. And look, I I didn't want to do it. I felt like I didn't want to do it. But in my mock draft, um, I gave the Seahawks Carson Beck because you know, like, there's a potential out in 2024. I'm not saying it happens, but there's potential out if you want to get off the Geno Smith bus. But there's also an opportunity if you want to start banking in on the quarterback of the future. Geno Smith's going to be 34. You get a guy in there, you let him sit, or you want to get off this ride before it crashes. You release Geno Smith and you bring in Carson back. But you know, it feels odd to say that. But when you consider, like, most of the franchise cornerstones for the Seahawks are young, they don't need a lot. Like, trading for Leonard Williams boosted that depth along the interior defensive line, which was the popular trendy pick for them. If they extend Leonard Williams, I mean, this is the this is the moment, you, you know, if you want to bring in a young first quarterback. First off, I, I love the Carson Beck thing in a vacuum because he has been playing really well. We've talked about this. He's like, you know, Stetson bet at plus, 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 plus. Like they, 
still don't ask him to do a ton. But when they do, it's like, okay, the kid can legit play the position. Do you think he comes out, though? That's the thing. If he comes out, I wonder what grade he's going to get. Yeah. Because he's going to, I think he's going to get the Georgia yep. bump, like Stephen Bennett did. But you add on top of that actual NFL tool, like the kid's got a strong yep. arm and he can fit that ball in the tight windows and the intermediate areas. He seems like, so I called JJ McCarthy over the past two weeks. He's the perfect Shanahan McVay quarterback, that, both yeah. in the good and yeah. the bad. Carson Beck is the Shanahan McVay quarterback. And Shane Waldron comes from that tree. That offense is built on that. I think if he gets a good enough grade and he gets that Georgia bump, he's going to enter and he could sneak into the first round. You know, I had five quarterbacks going in this mock draft. Um, of course, they were Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, JJ McCarthy, and Carson Beck. You know, they, they're a bunch of quarterbacks who could sneak yeah. in. Like, this might be the. The year we're like, hey, if I have a borderline second round grade, borderline third round grade, if you're a senior quarterback or something, you put together a good stretch play in the season and then kill it on the senior bowl or like the bowl game circuit, you could sneak into that first Especially round. Especially for a team like Seattle where you might not want to do it for next year, but it's like you'll draft him, get him in, take like a redshirt year and get him ready for their year too. That might be the perfect fit. Yeah, yeah because like I said – the defense is fine. Defense yeah. is good. Like, especially if they re-sign Leonard Williams, there's a big hole. The defense, the defensive backs, great. The receivers, like you have all those guys under contract. It might be, might be time, you know. Speaking of might be time, the Rams. I don't know what the Rams are gonna do in the draft. I think this is a you need to get defensive talent, but it, I could see them going second round pick quarterback. Yeah. Um Bo Nix. That's, that's the, the spot. Yeah. That's the second yeah. round. That's the second round pick. But good win for them. Uh Cooper Cup also left this game with an ankle injury. Um, it was it sucked to see him go down, but Puka remains a very real receiver. Uh the touchdown he had at the end of the game, phenomenal. But Seattle, this is this, this is, is a rough run. stretch for them. I mean, this yeah. is true gut check brutal, time. Brutal stretch and brutal timing of everything. Moving on to another NFC West team. Uh, yeah, the, the 49ers are back. That's yeah, that the r- rumors of their death were greatly exaggerated. They take they take down the Bucks 27-14 in a game that doesn't feel no. like that was that actually close. Uh Brock Purdy having a 155. 58.3, I think. Is that yeah, 158.3. 158.3. First 49ers quarterback to do that since 1989 and Joe Montana. Um I don't know if I'm fully there yet with like, like very good, but he's yeah. good. He's a good quarterback. The touchdown to Brandon Ayuk, like, it's a beautiful yeah. throw, and that's something you know. He elevates the offense to places Jimmy G couldn't take them, because under pressure, Jimmy G does what Jimmy yeah. G does. He spins around, turns to a pumpkin. Brock Purdy is at least willing to extend. It's going to get him into trouble because he has too much dip on his chip sometimes, but. That's something that is valuable for this offense. But you also think about the Monstars, you know. When you got guys like Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, who is going to restart another 17-game streak, and George Kittle, who all had major touchdowns. Like, George Kittle, McCaffrey, and Ayuk all had a touchdown. That's the Niners' yep. formula. 
And I, I think with Purdy, the fit is he at least puts dip on the chips. Like with Garoppolo, he's just eating like dry, plain, original t- Triscuits with like nothing on it. He's at the function eating dry yeah, Triscuits. like that's what he's doing. Like at least Purdy's like at least making the attempt. And like that's half the battle in this offense, I think, to get it to places where Jimmy G couldn't put it. You know, Ayuk, I, I wrote this down during the game. Is he like their glue guy where it's like you've got all these stars, but then he just keeps showing up and making plays. Like I, I, I don't know, but he just keeps – I will take it a step further. He is their wide receiver one. Ooh. Like he, he is he is the wide receiver one. Debo Samuel is very good. Especially Debo if you Samuel look at like good. McCaffrey and Debo as like offensive players one A and one B in terms of like wide yeah, receiver they one. They Debo and Christian McCaffrey kind of do yeah. the same stuff, which is what makes the Niners offense so like so darn good. Like they can do they have multiple guys who can do the same things, but Brandon Ayuk is the guy. He is the downfield, like he is the true wide receiver one on that offense. And he has been phenomenal this year. He he really came on at the end of last year with Brock Purdy coming in. Wrote about him and established a fun last year. But the connection he has with Brock Purdy really keeps this offense going. Um, for Tampa, I mean they're the NFC again, South. They're the <laughs> NFC South. <laughs> like yeah. congrats. You still got um, a shot. I will say, I will say, I think. I've gained a little bit more respect for Baker yeah. Mayfield because while he might not be good, he is confident. He's always going to be confident in himself. Yeah. He's going to he's going to take hits. He's going to get back up. He's going to throw the ball downfield. He's going to challenge things. So that keeps that offense going. But you really ran into a buzzsaw. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Niners, you know, beat goes, goes on. on. Baker had a great throw in this game, a third and 11, like comeback route to Evans along the right side of the line, which is absolute rope. And yeah, you know, he's he throw to Kate yeah. on, on the that one too. Ball. He yeah. in there. I mean, look, he he, he can slide it. And, and Dave Canales has done a great job with them. And they're in the they're in the NFC South. So you still got a shot. But yeah, the Niners are back. That defense, Fred Warner, man. I mean, we use the cliche sideline to sideline linebacker. He is like the de- dictionary definition of that. I think we've moved past sideline to sideline linebacker. I call him uh, a great midfielder. Yeah. In soccer. That's a he great is, call. He's like the greatest defensive midfielders in soccer. He just takes away everything, everything in that area. You got to force the ball wide because you because that ball's not going in the middle because he's gonna take it from you. Um, but yeah, they're it's the 49ers. Like, you know, we, we're gonna run into the same problems in the playoffs, but is this the year they can overcome them? Is this the year that they take on the Eagles and not have the same problems, which we're going to find out in the regular season. But moving on to the final game of the night, a yeah. good game. Like, I, I didn't think this game would be that great, but the Denver Broncos scoring a touchdown in the final second, in the final minute of the game to take down the Minnesota Vikings and the Pastronaut 21-20. Russell Wilson, 259 passing yards, couple of touchdowns, Cortland Sutton, Fully healthy looks amazing. The Broncos are five and five. They are second in the AFC West. Is it time to start talk about the Broncos as potential playoff? If you had those two statements that the Broncos were going to be 500 and they'd be second in the AFC West after the Dolphins hunt 70 on them, you were Sean Payton. Like that was probably the only person that could have thought that was going to be possible because, yeah. 
I, I think we have to consider them as a playoff team. I think the big thing is obviously what they've done on the defensive side of the ball, sort of since that 70 burger, like early in the year, they were giving up 70, 30, like they were giving up points and bunches that defense has sort of settled in and the struggles defensively early in the year overshadowed that. Well, I don't think he's back or anything like that. Russell Wilson's playing well, like he's playing well. It, yeah. And, and again, it's not like the Russell Wilson vintage of old, but playing well, sort of, Court and Sutton look great. So, yeah, I think we have to consider, you know, Denver back in, in the playoff mix. As for Minnesota, like, you you lost the game. Like, okay. Like, you, like nobody thought the Minnesota, where they were a couple of weeks ago, would still even be in the playoff picture at this point. They've got themselves back into the playoff picture. This is a tough loss. You, you don't like to lose. But to win two of three the way they have these past couple of weeks is still pretty impressive. And as of this point for the Vikings, they're still the seven seed, and everyone else behind them is four and six. Yeah, you got a yeah. game on everybody. You you have you built yourself with a lot of leeway. Um, the Broncos, I think Russell Wilson has played efficient. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, uh, Sean Payton has kind of turned him into a one read quarterback, which is fine. Like it's if the read isn't there, yeah. you run. That's it. Don't try and don't yeah. cook. Do not let this man cook. But Getting Cortland Sutton back healthy, huge, especially in big moments. The touchdown, he just he yes. dumps on Makai. Yes, Williams. like it's and not only not only that, the fourth down conversion. Like Cortland Sutton has three of the best catches of the year in the span of yeah. two weeks. Like the touchdown against the uh, Bills, the fourth down conversion, and then the game winner against the Vikings. Um, and then like you said, the defense playing really well. You know, I think. Early in the season, Vance Joseph was still trying to run the Ejiro Evero defense. And since then, it's kind of gone, I'm not Ejiro Evero. I'm not Vic Fangio. I have my, I come from my own tree. I have my own defense. And they flipped. And getting the pass rush back healthy, Baron Browning has been phenomenal. I can, I can see it. I can see it, especially with, you know, with the Bengals being the way they are with the Steelers right now. The playoff picture is once you get past the four division winners right now, which are the Chiefs, Ravens, Jaguars, Dolphins, it's the Browns, Texans, and Steelers. I don't know. Like, and right outside of them is the Bills, the Colts. Like, I don't know. I think you can talk, you can talk me into a potential Russell Wilson playoff. I mean, if you would have said at the start back in August that Sunday, December 3rd, Denver at Houston was a game with massive AFC playoff implications. I would have said you were crazy. But that's where we are. And look, Denver gets Cleveland, Houston, the Chargers twice, the Lions, in that Christmas Eve game against the Patriots. Like, those are some winnable games there. Like, they can make a run here. They can make a run. But it's going to be interesting, especially in the AFC, where every team is, like, loaded. But – they can make a run, but we're going to talk very briefly before we get Rachelle up here to give out MF double MVP. We're going to talk briefly about Chiefs Eagles biggest game of the year so far in the NFL Super Bowl rematch. What do you think is the biggest key to this game? I kind of feel like Kansas City's secondary against AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. And we've talked about that secondary. They can be physical. They can play a physical style of coverage. I think you're going to need to do that for a couple of reasons. Like Brown is a physical wide receiver. So you're going to need to match that a little bit. Devonta Smith, I think you can sort of play a physical style of coverage, which earlier in his career, his rookie season sort of gave him trouble, but I think he's figured out 
ways to sort of work around that. So, I mean, that's the matchup that I'm most curious to see. And, of course, the other one might be, look, that Eagles offensive line against, like, Chiefs defensive front. Like, what is that matchup look like? Yeah, and I think for me, the matchup I'm looking for is the Chiefs receivers against the Eagles secondary. You know, when you go back to the Super Bowl, you look at outside of Travis Kelsey, who had six catches for 81 yards, Juju Smith-Schuster, seven catches. Like, that's that was important. Yeah to that Chiefs offense, getting that guy over the middle of the field when Travis Kelsey was getting doubled. Who's going to step up? Is it going to be Rasheed Rice, who's played really well late late coming on this season? Is it going to be Justin Watson? Is it going to be Sky Moore? Um, is, it, is this going to be a big Kadarius Tony game, which it feels like every year there's, there's like one, one big yeah. Kadarius Tony game. Or like he has like one play every week where it's like he reminds you like, like he was a first-round pick. But they need another guy to step up because if this becomes the – siloed like Travis Kelsey or nothing else Chiefs offense that we've seen this year the Eagles are going to shut them down and they have the pass rush to really affect the quarterback affect this offense it's going to be a really good game and great game you know we're going to get a whole lot we of Taylor get Swift. a whole lot of Taylor Swift I mean that's well, Taylor Swift. um apparently the parents are meeting for the first time which they move to do on this a Monday night it's game a big move to do this on a Monday night when it's the biggest game of the year and the brothers are playing yeah. against each other. Like this is a this is a big swing. Like this could this could affect the trajectory a lot. Yeah. But it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great game. Um I'm I truly don't know who's yeah. gonna win. It's gonna it's gonna yeah, be it's gonna be a fun one. Looking forward to it. Definitely a pick'em kind of game. Yeah. But we're gonna bring up Rochelle now. We're gonna talk about what she liked, what she didn't like, uh why she fast forwarded the bills, but and she's also going to give out MF double MVP. So, Rochelle, take it away. Got to start with Eagles, Chiefs. Uh, you touched on, JP, you already touched on, like, the wide receivers. Um, well, just the receivers in general. Definitely pay attention to the tight ends because if you look back at some of the games, you know, the opponents that the Eagles have played, a lot of times the tight ends tend to have stronger performances. And so, you know, just thinking about Jake Ferguson, TJ Hawkinson, some of these t- tight ends have done very, very well. And the fact that Travis Kelsey is like one of the best in the league right now, definitely a matchup to keep your eyes out on. Um, but I skipped that game because I'm just, I don't know how I feel about the Jets right now. I'm kind of just like over it. Um, it was just like a bad performance by them. Um, the fact that they committed three turnovers on offense, they allowed six sacks, they only produced 155 total yards and they went zero for 11 on third down. I was just like, no, next. Like, and they've been Zach Wilson. Like, I'm on to the next. So that's why I skipped that game. Um, takeaways for me from this week uh, Calvin Ridley, huge game for him. Um, you guys already touched on Miles Garrett. He's just a dog, like monster performance. And Deron Bland, I know we skipped the uh, Cowboys uh, game, but recording his sixth interception of the year. So that's pretty impressive. Um, but some of my biggest points that you guys made today, this was a really fun episode. Um, starting with Mark, uh, I loved the question that you presented, like, are we reaching MVP conversation for Miles Garrett? I think that that's fair. Um, also, JP, you touched about pretty much like, is it time to get off of the Geno Smith train? Like that question you kind of threw out there, um, Sam Howe and how he's the Gen Z Jameis Winston. That was kind of funny. In uh, the Russian roulette comment, that was funny. And then how you just touched about like the Steelers and how like their targets, like their wide receivers are 
getting frustrated and that's not a good place to be in especially with Kenny Pickett so it's kind of like is this experiment over like it needs to be done at this point with him and then Mark you also said like what's happening in Houston is really special I know JP uh, not JP RJ had talked about this earlier in the season so those were some really really strong points um but today I'm gonna give it to JP I, I think you crushed it thank you thank you I actually uh actually found a pretty funny stat with Deron Bland Deron Bland has four touchdowns this year <laughs> Kyle Pitts has four touchdowns in his career Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is, that's not great no. when a DB has as many touchdowns this year as your fourth overall pick tight end has in his entire career. So, yeah. Carter Smith, you, you got some work to do. But yeah, thank you again for this MF double MVP. You know, I thank, thank you guys for being on, helping me out with hosting again. This was really fun. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoy hosting. I enjoy talking with you guys every Monday. Giving out the stats, the fun analysis as always. Thank you guys. Thank everyone for listening. And we will see you next Monday.